Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports, and this is Ben and Barry on football. <clears throat> I am Ben of Ben and Barry in football. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Uh, still in search of my plus 10 win week. Haven't hit it yet. Won eight games, lost six last week. Uh, I don't know what to say, bro. It's, it's a tough season. It's a tough season. I don't know how the bias did, but I kind of remember that I went with the bias quite a bit. So I don't know. Did you figure it out? You had, there was what, 14 games? 14 games, I was eight and six. So you're 57%. Yeah. And, and you were right. We, we we kept saying that you were going with the bias a lot. Yeah. Uh, the bias was 71%. So it was a few times you didn't go with the bias. <laughs> More than a few. When I went back then and I looked at I looked at the uh the games that um the bias got wrong, mm -hmm. it takes you back to the idea of what we're doing. We're looking at win margins. We're looking at points, and we're comparing the two teams based on average net points, basically, and turnover differential right. as our two fundamental stats. And we recognize things like skew, for example. And uh, the Dolphins, for example, had the skew going for them uh, only enough that they were favored by a measly 1.1 bias plus score. So we knew that, that that was supposed to be close, but it had the Dolphins favored. And obviously, you know, what happened. You'll talk about that later. So we got that one wrong. Um, Rams Packers got that one wrong. Uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys were favored in, in this by the bias. And when you talk about skew, that's still built into the Cowboys' numbers, I do believe. So we're still figuring out just how real they were. And then finally, that Bills-Bengals game, you know, and I know you'll talk about them. So those were the four that I got wrong, you know, and that lifted it to 71%. So what I'm saying I got wrong, that the bias got wrong based on mm -hmm. the net point comparisons and the, and the turnover differentials. So... But that ain't bad. That ain't bad. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. No, 71% is great. <laughs> That's tremendous. So there you go. All right. <clears throat> We're going to get ready to kick this thing off. I'm going to talk about each and every game that's coming up. We got a little something for all of them. So let's go. Uh, while you're getting ready to put up that first one, let me remind everybody that this is the week that the Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles will be on the bye. Well, one thing I'm doing a little bit different, Ben, is I found this, this visual and I was like, hey, this could be fun. Let's put this up here and give everybody just a quick big picture. And you made the notation, if you look in the lower right, the bye week teams, there they go. And, you know, I'm, again, we talk about fantasy and managing your fantasy team around bye weeks. This must be a crazy one with the Chiefs, the Eagles, both of them on a bye. That's, that's going to hurt some folks. So, okay, let's go with the first game. 
Thursday night TNF. We have the Bears at the Panthers. Bias plus 2.8. That score favors the Bears. And <laughs> bad as the Bears have been with Mr. Bajant, Panthers have been a little bit worse. Oh, gosh. Sheesh. Well, Tyson Bajan did his best to keep the Bears in the game on the road last week in the Superdome against the Saints. He threw for 220 yards. He ran for 70 yards. And he threw two touchdown passes. But he also threw three interceptions and lost a fumble. So we know, you know, four turnovers by one guy. Gee, who does that? Kirk Cousins, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> for the team's total five turn turnovers uh, came from Badgett and, or Bajent, however he pronounces his name. And, and that was basically the death knell for the Bears. And the Saints were in, uh, ended up beating them 24 to 17. Not a good look for the Bears. Now, as far as the Panthers are concerned, after treating their fans to a really big win, over the Texans back in week eight. The Panthers were home again. This time it was against the Colts, but they couldn't duplicate the feat that they pulled off against the Texans. Uh, Bryce Young threw three passes that resulted in touchdowns, but only one of them counted for his team. The other two were pick sixes for the Colts. <laughs> when you and say that, I'm up. thinking to myself, wait a minute, that don't sound <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember throwing three to say, yeah, he did. One for his team, two for the other team. And the other team ended up winning 27 to 13. So the Bears are going to be home. I'm hearing that's, yeah, that's, just that's two touchdowns right there, right? 14 points. Yes. They won. And that's the winning margin. Two, two there, you, there you go. Turnovers. Can't, can't, can't get much better than that, but turnovers will do you dirty. Oh, man. And that's exactly what happened to them. So the Bears are going to be home in this one. Uh, both teams coming off of losses, but the Bears will be home, and there's a possibility that Justin Fields will be back. Now, the, that's the only, uh, I don't want to say downfall, but the only thing that kind of hurts some of my uh, predictions doing the show on a Wednesday is like Thursday and Friday is when you really find out uh, a lot more information about injury reports. They don't have too much to say on Wednesday, so it's it's kind of just kind of out there that Justin Fields may be ready. If, in fact, he is ready, I believe the Bears will handle their business at home against the Panthers. If he is not ready, I think the Panthers have a chance to pull off the upset, if you can call it that. Uh, but because I have to make a, a call, I'm going to say I'm going to take the Bears. I'm going to go with the bias. I'm going to take the Bears at home. And, you know, I, the way I go with his name now, Tyson, I'm, I consider him a gent at the Bay. So it's Bay Gent. Bay Gent. Okay, that's, that's a good way I'm doing it. So if I remember okay. correctly, we'll go with that. You're going with the bias, favoring the Bears. Correct. The Bears. All right, next up. Colts at Patriots, bias plus of 11.6, 
favors the Colts. Now, that's a nice bias. It's not super big, but it's a pretty, you know, hefty bias, um, which just shows this, this the state of the Patriots is really, uh, these guys are struggling over there. Um, and the Colts, you know, they got a little... They got a little Minshew magic, right? And they still, and they got the, their running back back. Many the Colts <laughs> are favored here by a bias plus of eleven point six, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason that they're favored at that level is because the Colts have a net point um, of negative one point one. Okay. Okay. But the Patriots are negative 10.3. So the difference is all in the negative with these with these two teams. Now, the Colts uh also uh are a little bit better in terms of turnovers because they broke even at zero and the Patriots are in the negative at negative 0.6. So when you put all that together, it kind of boost the boost. Is that the right word? The um, Colts um, final bias plus score from a 9.2 to an 11.6. But everybody's in the negative here. And it's just that the Patriots are a lot more negative than the Colts. <laughs> so that's how this, this, how this that's how this came to be. That's how it is. And I like to, to point out when everybody's when well, I'd like to point out when all of the stats, the two stats that we mainly use are in the negative, but since the Colts, uh, they wouldn't go along with it and they broke even at zero. I, I'm not going to call them negative. It's zero. Good. It is what it right, is. Right, right. <laughs> zero on board. You know? So, all right. So that's what the that's what the net points are saying. What about you? Okay, well, all I'm going to say about this game is because I, I really – like one of these teams, and I really don't like the other. So the Patriots lost their game to the Commanders last week, 20 to 17. They had their opportunities. They didn't play very poorly. I can't say that. Uh, they had 107 yards on the ground. Ramondre Stevenson scored a touchdown on the ground. Mac Jones threw for 220. He threw for a touchdown. He also had one interception. But he did get sacked three times. And the commander's defense was pretty tough on them, especially in the fourth quarter. You know, with the final score being 20 to 17, you wondered, did they have an opportunity to maybe put a drive together and go down and try to kick another field goal and tie this thing or uh, tie back up and take it to overtime or whatever? They did have opportunities. Unfortunately, they were not able to put a drive together to get them close enough to even threaten to take this game to a tie. Now, the Colts, on the other hand, and let me say this now because it's in my head and I don't want to start saying other things and forget about it. Something to remember. The Colts' defense, believe it or not, is pretty good. Now, I don't know exactly where they're ranked in, in, in our rankings because maybe you can tell me that because that's just based on scoring, okay? But – if you add some of the other categories on, the Colts defense is actually pretty good, and they travel pretty well. Okay? They're, the Colts are a tough team to beat. 
Now, so let me it, say this. Since yes. you brought it up, uh, average points against Colts are ranked 29th. They're giving them okay. 26.9 points per game. Okay. Now, in the last three weeks, let's see how they've done. They're dead last. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me see something. <laughs> okay. All right. I, now I got to back up what I said, right? So they played the Panthers last week. They beat the Panthers 27 to 13. They ran the ball pretty well. Not great. Pretty well. Minshew threw the ball pretty well. Not great. Pretty well. In fact, Rushing, they only went for 76 yards total. Passing, it was only 127. But he did throw a touchdown. They did not turn the ball over. Oh, yeah, they did turn the ball over. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie caught a pass and dropped it. So uh, that was a fumble. But defensively, let me say this. They hit Bryce Young seven times. They sacked him four times. They had four tackles for loss. They had eight passes defensed. So that means that the secondary played really well. And they played so well that cornerback Kenny Moore had two pick sixes. So you slap those two TVs on to what Mincio in the run game did, and that gives you a 27 to 13 win for the Colts. Their defense may not be ranked high, but they give teams a lot of trouble, trust me. And I believe in them, and I believe that they will go up to New England and they will beat the Patriots. Excuse me, that was the Panthers that they held the 13, right? That is correct. The two pick sixes. With two Mr. Pick Bryce sixes. Young at the helm for the Panthers. Correct. Okay. All right. And you're betting, you're betting based on that game, you're going with the No, Patriots. not just that game. <laughs> Come on, man. You know I play fantasy. I've been watching them all year long. Okay. All right. Ben's going with the bias, going with the Colts. That's, I mean, that's, you know, it makes sense because. Tell again, me something. I'm curious. Where are they rank? Where are they ranked uh, in turnovers? Well, the, again, they broke even at zero, so they're 12th. Okay. In that, in that little grouping there. But, okay. I mean, you know, again, they should beat the Patriots. You know, we're starting to wonder whether the Patriots are um, tanking for uh, somebody. I guess Caleb, Caleb's up in the air now. Will people be tanking for Caleb now? <laughs> He's had his uh, well, emotional break. The, the Cardinals still only have one win. I'm but, talking, oh, so you're saying the Patriots... We'd have to do a lot more losing to uh, catch up with the Cardinals. The Cardinals have one win. Okay. And it is a, there's a good chance when Kyler Murray comes back that they'll win two or three more. So, I thought you were going to say, there's a good chance that when, Car when Kyler Murray comes back, they'll still have one win. <laughs> there, there's a good chance of that, too. <laughs> All right. Colts have Patriots going with the Colts, going with the bias. Browns at Ravens, ding, 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 ding. Potential intriguing game of the week as far as I'm concerned. 
The bias plus of 9.9 .9 favors the Ravens. Now, we both know that the Browns' defense, which is ranked third, is only giving up an average of 17 points per game. However, the Ravens' offense is ranked sixth. They're scoring about 26 points per game on average, except for Benny, maybe in the last few weeks, they are actually number one scoring 35.3 points per game. Right. So a lot, it's funny, we talked about their potent, their ascension over the last three weeks and then after they beat when their their game this week, all of a sudden their name is popping up in all of the all of the uh, media, and they're talking about oh, it could be the best team in the AFC, it could be the best team. But we we had already told them these guys are surging. These guys, you know, their their act is coming together. You better watch out for them. And darn if they didn't go do their thing. So tell me what you got in terms of this matchup. Well, uh, the Browns will be in Baltimore. The Ravens are hosting them. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, this one should be your intriguing game of the week. So I'm going to say that now. Deshaun Watson signaled his return from his shoulder injury with a first quarter bomb to Amari Cooper for a 59-yard gain. So he let everybody know right out of the gate that now he feels like he's back and his shoulder is good. Uh, en route to a 27 to nothing shutout of the Arizona Cardinals. Watson threw two touchdown passes, and the defense completely stifled the Cardinals with seven sacks, 10 quarterback hits, 10 tackles for loss, and eight passes defensed. Who was so the quarterback Cardinals had, for the Cardinals? Who was quarterback for the Cardinals? It was a rookie. His name is Clayton Toon. 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 Okay. Yes. They were tuning them up, eh? Uh, you could say that, yes. They, <laughs> they tuned up the entire team. So now, for the third consecutive week, the Ravens have scored 30-plus points. This was a 37-3 blowout of the Seahawks. Kind of surprising to me that they handled them the way that they, did, that they did because I thought the Seahawks were playing pretty well up to that point. Uh, they did most of their damage on the ground. Did the Ravens, uh, 298 total yards on 41 total carries. They almost had a 300-yard rushing game. Oh. That's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, they ran all over the Seahawks. And you know it's getting yards. cold, Benny, so this is the time of year when the that's run game right. really has to kick in. Run game needs to kick in, and there's some teams that need to get theirs cranked up because they're going to have to either have cold uh, weather where they are or they're going to have to travel to a cold weather location. So they need to get it cranked up, but Baltimore does not have that problem. Of that 298 total yards, 60 yards on 10 carries for Lamar Jackson, two touchdowns on the ground by starting running back Gus Edwards, 138 yards and a touchdown, for an undrafted free agent by the name of Keaton Mitchell, who was flying off the waiver wire in fantasy. Really? People didn't know who, 
Nobody knew who this dude was. But he's getting picked up left and right, right and left. Wow. There's a chance he may not even get any carries in the next game. But, you know what I'm saying? Because some, well, some people will say because of the score that a lot of what he did happened in so-called garbage time. But you you can't you can't uh, poo poo 138 yards and a touchdown for an undrafted free agent. And I think he did it on like six to eight carries. He just exploded yeah. on the cats. And let's not forget like, that's guy from Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Keaton Mitchell. Uh, and we can't forget the defense because we've been talking about the Browns defense for some weeks now. The Ravens' defense is no joke at all. Four sacks, an interception, and a fumble recovery. So, uh, you know, I, I like and respect what the Browns have been doing. I know Deshaun is back. He showed a little bit of rust, but his arm looked pretty good. And the Browns' defense is kind of formidable. But I believe the Ravens at home will win this game. And over the last three weeks, the Ravens are number one in uh, points against, allowing an average of 11. Yes. (laughs) Where are the Browns the last three weeks? The Browns, last three weeks, Cleveland, Cleveland. Well, they're down there, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. They're around 13, 14th place. Okay, uh, they're allowing twenty point seven points per game. Yeah, going with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, that sounds like a good one to me. That sounds like a winner for sure. Going with the Ravens against the Browns. Next up, Benny, we have Packers at Steelers. Bias plus of one point three. One point three favors the Steelers. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the this is one of those where um, it turned on the turnovers. Uh, the the bias actually Packers actually were better. Steelers are minus three point eight. The Packers are plus zero point one. But mm-hmm. The uh, Packers are the negative, negative 0.3 in terms of turnover differential, and the Steelers are plus one. So with such a small um, net point advantage, uh, it just did not work out well. And the Steelers end up being favored in this particular situation. Uh, Packers were plus 3.9, and the Steelers were uh 1.3 in terms of the turnover and once you calculate that put that Pythagorean calculation on it it came out Steelers so okay this this is going back and forth yeah now where are you at with with Jordan Love well that's it's funny I say this is a tough game to pick because Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett are two guys that people think are going to be pretty good and then they throw up a stinker and you go, oh, my God, I can't believe I thought this guy was going to be good. Then they come back and they play pretty well. Then they throw up another stinker. So it's tough to call here. 
Pickett wasn't very good in this last game against the Titans, but the Steelers' ground game was was pretty good. Uh, they actually outplayed Derrick Henry in the Titans' run game, and the defense brought Titans quarterback Will Levis back down to earth with four sacks, ten hits, and an interception. So the Steelers' defense is still got some juice. Uh, right back they down helped, to earth. They brought them right back down to earth, and the Steelers beat them 20-16. to 16. So good job by the Steelers, especially the run game and their defense, which if you don't have a run game and a defense, what the heck. Now, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Packers ended a four-game losing skid by defeating the Rams last week 20-3. to three. Good for them because that four-game losing streak was looking really bad for the Packers and especially for Jordan Love. I'm starting to lose faith. In fact, I was watching them play. And I was thinking back to when I told you some years ago that I thought Jordan Love was going to be a bust. And I'm thinking to myself, now I see what I saw. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm not giving up on him yet because I decided I was going to give this guy a chance. And I didn't think he was terrible, but uh, he wasn't very good in this game. Well, he was good enough in this game because uh, they won the game 20 to 13. Uh, actually, Aaron Jones scored a first-quarter touchdown and ran for 73 yards on 20 carries. That pretty much led the way. Um, the entire rushing attack put up 184 yards total. Jordan Love did throw a touchdown pass to tight end, rookie tight end, Luke Musgrave. That was his first career uh, professional touchdown catch. And the defense had two – this is the odd one. You don't hear this every day. Two rookie seventh-round draft picks in the secondary, starting at cornerback and safety. The corner's name is Carrington Valentine. He defensed three passes, and safety Anthony Johnson Jr. had an interception. Two seventh-round draft picks had to start because of injury and played extremely well. That being said, I think the Packers are going to have a tough time going into Pittsburgh. I'm sure the weather won't be terrible, but it ain't going to be great. Not that that matters to the Packers. Yeah, but, uh, if anybody. Yeah. Well, Packers and Steelers, both cold weather situations. Right, but but I think the Steelers will handle them in this one. I'm going to take the Steelers. Oh, okay, okay. Going to take the Steelers, eh? Yep. Hmm. Go on with the bias. Go on with the Steelers. Okay. Texans at Bengals. This is also a potential intriguing game to me. So you got a bias plus of 1.7 favoring the Texans. But we know, we know what kind of tear those Cincinnati guys have been on lately. That's true. I mean, man. Let me see here. As I look at the net point rankings over the last three weeks, Benny, I see Cincinnati and one, two, three, four. About the fifth position, winning at a plus eight margin um, on average. So, um, I mean, they're not as hot as, as Baltimore winning at a plus 24.3, Marsh. 
over that period. But we know where they came from, and we know what they're doing now. So uh, the Bengals, I think, are going to provide a great test for this Texans, this young Texans, Texans team. The it's funny. I was Texans. thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself, the Texans are going to give a nice test for the Bengals. Oh, is that what you were thinking? That's the way I was thinking. Okay, okay. Well, okay. we're both loving on C.J. Stroud. Go ahead and talk about it. Both teams had huge victories this past weekend. Down by four to Tampa Bay with 46 seconds left in the game, C.J. Stroud drove the Texans down the field, and with six seconds left at the end of the drive, he threw the winning touchdown pass to Tank Dell. Tank Dell's a little 5'9 receiver. Um, I believe I read someplace that they're like best friends or something. But anyway, they beat the Buccaneers in a barn burner, 39-37. Very entertaining game to watch. Extremely entertaining. Stroud was tremendous. He threw five touchdown passes in total for a rookie record of 470 yards. Mm. C.J. Stroud, what a guy, boy! We both love him. How many, how many fantasy points did he produce? Any idea? Uh, I can look that up for you real fast. Yeah, I mean, I, he this had to be like a, a record fantasy points. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, I can remember a few years back, Mike Vick put up something astronomical. Really? It, it was insane. It was like. It was like seven touchdowns and 400-something yards and, oh, my goodness, 200 yards rushing. It was it was the, the, the now, fantasy. I know you've been doing fantasy for a long time, but you weren't doing fantasy when Gail Sayers was playing, right? No. Okay. All right. No. I, I started uh, – I think fantasy became a thing probably in the 70s. But I didn't start playing until I want to say the late seventies, early eighties. Okay, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, put all in there. Yeah. So yeah, we're loving C.J. Stroud. That's my guy. I love him, uh, and they really believe in their coaching. Their offense is extremely formidable. Their skill position players, although their run game isn't up to par, uh, Damian Pierce, I believe, is injured, and Devin Singletary is fair to Midland. But CJ's on fire right now, and he's got three really good receivers. Not only Tank Dell, but Noah Brown is really good, and um, oh, Nico Collins. Three no-name dudes, man. But these guys can all fly, and they can all catch the ball. Um, so now let's talk about the Bengals real quick. After losing three of their first four games, the Bengals seem to have found their stride, and they won their fourth in a row. So they lost three of their first four. They've now won four in a row. They won 24-18 over the Buffalo Bills. That was the Sunday night game last Sunday. Big difference between a gimpy Joe Burrow and a healthy Joe Burrow. That's for sure. He's moving a whole lot better. 
running every once in a while and moving very well in the pocket or doing that dance, as you like to say. He's getting he's he's looking really good doing that now. And um, he threw for 348 yards and two touchdowns. He had no turnovers. The Bengals defense looks much improved also. They recorded two takeaways, uh, but they didn't have to do too much because the offense had a stranglehold during the time of possession. So Joe Burrow and the offense just went out on the field and ground out long scoring drives, one right after the other, ate up all the time of possession, kept the Bills defense on the field, and uh, kept Joe Burrow sitting on the I mean, uh, kept Josh Allen sitting on the bench. Texans, I love them. CJ, I love them. I think they're going to go in there. They're going to give the Bengals some trouble. But the Bengals are on a big-time roll right now, offensively and defensively. So I have to go with them at home, Cincinnati at home. Yeah, you know, it's – who was that, Baker Mayfield that took him to, took him to the uh, rank last week? The Bucks. The Bengals? No, the, tip, the Texans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a shootout. Yeah. Yeah, so you're in shootouts with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, 39-37. Yeah, it's going to be tough coming up against uh, a healthy Joe Burrow. Yep. So, but CJ looks up to every type of task, man. I mean, his arm, is there's no throw he can't make, really. It looks like he can pretty much make them all. Oh, yeah, he's looking great, man. I'm telling you. Tell I me. can't. Let me fix my. Oh. And plug this in here. There we go. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's see. We were talking about CJ, right? Last week, CJ put up sixty point eight fantasy points. So a good day. A really good day for a quarterback would be like what he did against the Colts back in game two, 32.5. Jacksonville, he put up 24.6. Pittsburgh, he put up 26.8. So 60.8, that's huge. If you if you started him in your fantasy lineup, you would have had to have a bunch of cripples on your, on your team to not win. To not win, man. Yeah, when you get that kind of production from one player. You, you, you're pretty much guaranteed. All right. Ben's going with the Bengals over the Texans. All right. Here we go. Saints at Vikings. Bias plus of 6.9 favors those Saints, Benny. But they don't know. They got a rocket scientist at the helm of the Vikings right now. <laughs> They don't know about that guy. We would he say he's not an average smart guy. He's like a smart, smart guy. He's like smart squared. You know what I mean? Um, but smart squared. That Saints defense is ranked seventh. Are they? Yeah, that Saints defense mm. is only giving up 19 and a half points per game. Their their offense is, is modest. Only a lot, only um scoring 21.7. But that gives them that my that small small uh, plus positive rather um, differential there, and you know they're going up against they're going up against those Vikings now. The Vikings, 
17th on defense, giving up 21.1 points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13th on offense scoring. So they're, they're very close. They're very close. I think the, the, the difference here uh, it has to be the turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Saints are much better. They're at plus 0.9, and the Vikings are minus 0.6. Yeah. Re- let's remember the Vikings uh, a few weeks ago were clearly number one in giveaways. <laughs> so I don't know how much that could have changed over the last couple of weeks. Probably not much. Um, so the Saints beat the Bears last week, 24-17. They had two distinct heroes in this particular game. All-purpose guy Taysom Hill caught a touchdown pass from Derek Carr, and he threw a touchdown pass to tight end Jawan Johnson. Those two touchdowns made a little history for old Taysom Hill. They made him the first player since New York Giants Hall of Famer Frank Gifford to score 10 or more times as a passer, a runner, and a receiver. Wow. So he is in, yeah, he's in some rare air, man, because Frank Gifford is, is – Definitely a Hall of Famer. Frank Gifford was a star back in his day. Um, that's back around the time. I believe Frank Gifford was probably on. Yes, he was definitely on the team when I first adopted the Giants as my favorite team. And we're talking back when I was like maybe 10 or 11 years old. I used to love Frank Gifford. He used to do uh, the Brill Cream commercial. We put the stuff in his hair and comb his hair back, and if and he and he did a cigarette commercial too. Yeah, they they, they yeah. would do stuff like that back in the day. Yeah, I think he smoked Marlboros or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was so cool, man. I was like Frank Gifford, that's my guy. You know, I love Frank Gifford. But anyway, um, the other hero for the Saints was cornerback Paulson Adebo who intercepted Tyson Bajan twice and also forced and recovered a fumble. So those plays alone pretty much sealed up the deal for uh, for the Saints in that game against the Bears, which was 24-17, probably sounds closer than it actually was. Now, let's talk about another hero. After losing quarterback Kirk Cousins to a torn Achilles, the Vikings traded for quarterback Josh Dobbs from the Cardinals. On Tuesday, October 31st, they consummated the trade. I thought it was a smart move. He's a trusted backup. He's been in several different systems, and he started the eight games for the Cardinals this season. So he's fresh off of being a starting quarterback, you might as well say. Because the next game was on Sunday, that Sunday coming up, November the 5th, head coach Kevin O'Connor, O'Connell rather, decided to start a rookie backup, Jaron Hall, because he's been in the system since, you know, the beginning of the season, and he knew more about the Viking system than Josh Dobbs did, having just got there. Okay, that's great. 
So you decide you're going to start Jaron Hall, even though he's a rookie, even though he hasn't played in a real game yet. You give him all the snaps in practice in preparation for the game, meaning that Dobbs is basically the backup and didn't get hardly any snaps that week. Whatever meetings he went to, he could only probably get but so much information. Well, guess what happens? Jaron Hall goes out there, gets his brains blown out. No, I'm sorry. He got <laughs> he got knocked in the next week, had to go to the blue tent, get it going to concussion protocol. And then Dobbs comes in, and after getting sacked for safety early on, ends up leading the Vikings to a 31-28 to victory. He threw two touchdown passes. He was 20 of 30 for 158 yards, mostly dinking and dunking, mostly. Didn't throw a whole lot of long balls. He also ran seven times for 66 yards. Now, I'm going to tell you this. One of those carries, one of those seven carries for the total of 66 yards was a 22-yarder on fourth down yeah. to keep the final drive alive before throwing the go-ahead touchdown to Brandon Powell. He also had another fourth down run that went for first down that he almost scored on earlier in the game. So, I, I mean, we could talk about this all day, about how Kevin O'Connell had to talk to him through the headset and not only give him the play, but try to explain the play in the short amount of time that they allow them to actually communicate. And then he has to go into the huddle, say the play that he only partly understands to the receivers whose names he doesn't even know. <laughs> okay. And still come out and pull off the win here. I'm telling you, man, I'm so impressed with Joshua Dobbs. I really, really am. I, I, I don't think the Saints are going to be able to go up there to Minnesota and beat them once he learns the system. And trust me, if he did all that last week, I'd say he'll probably learn their entire system this week and be ready to go as if he's been there all year. So I'm going with Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. Well, I guess the bias going with the Vikings. Okay, Benny. Let's see what's up next. Titans at Buccaneers. Bias plus six favors the Buccaneers. Will Levis went from having a great day to having a not-so-great day to being named the starter. Hmm. Titans-Buccaneers. <laughs> After throwing four touchdown passes week eight against the Falcons, Will Levis did throw any touchdown passes. But he did throw an interception, and he was sacked four times, and they lost to Pittsburgh. He was only 22 of 39. He only got 75 yards on 17 carries from Derrick Henry. Now, 75 yards on 17 carries isn't, like, terrible but it's surely not good enough when your quarterback isn't getting much done. So that was a bad game for them. Now, Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield threw for two touchdowns. Both of them went to tight end, Cade Oten, or Otten, I think it's pronounced Otten. And running back Rashad Johnson scored twice on the ground also. The 
The Bucks went toe to toe with the Texans, but they ended up losing 39-37. It didn't help that their defense gave up a total of 523 yards. Good God. No wonder they lost. But they tried. They tried to hang in there. Um, Just when I thought the Buccaneers' defense was kind of coming around, and I I don't know where they are in the rankings, but um, (laughs) the the, the Texans pretty much had their way with them. I mean, C.J. Stroud destroyed their secondary. He ripped it to shreds. I don't see the Titans' defense being able to uh, stick with Baker Mayfield, though. I really don't. Like I said, Baker wasn't great, but he did put points on the board. He did engineer some drives, and he did put them in position to threaten to beat the Texans, even though the Texans ate up a lot of clock with some long drives and put up big, big numbers yardage-wise. So I think Tampa Bay will be able to handle the Titans at home. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Yeah, the Buccaneers uh, over the last three weeks are actually ranked 29th in points against. They're giving up an average of 26.3 points over those last three weeks. But that's we a little skew, though, right? A ton of points last week. Right. That's So we got a little mini skew. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know if that's a skew or if that's just them, you know. They give up 39. Huh? They give up 39 in one game. That's a mini skew. That's a little bit of a skew. All right. Going with the Bucks. Going with the bias. Uh, Shucks now. My beloved. 49ers. Back in action after the bye week. Going against the Jaguars. The bias plus of 4.8 favors the Niners. And my Niners, after having a three-game losing streak, are still pretty high in the rankings because we, you know, we 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 were winning by great margins and putting up great points early on, 30, averaging 30 a game and all of that kind of stuff. Then we ran into this Baker, I mean to this uh Joe Burrow guy and broke the streak and <laughs> got worse after that. Right now, though, I know I, I've heard that Debo's coming back and uh, uh, who else is somebody else is coming back. But I don't know if my left tackle, Trent Williams, is coming back. And he's That's very important. The one that I'm most concerned about. He's extremely important. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this would be an intriguing game if it wasn't my team. Because, I, you know, the, the Jaguars, I mean, let's face it, you know, they're playing pretty good ball right now. Um, Jacksonville, in terms of points against, is like eighth in the last three weeks. They're only giving up about 18 points per game. Mm. So, Purdy, are you with me? Let's go. What you got, Benny? Well, this is one of those rare uh, times when both teams are coming off the bye. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's right, Jags. Yes, both teams are coming off the bye. So I went back to week eight to see when they played last. The Niners, back in week eight, uh, had a bad loss at home to the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals that you mentioned. 
It was 31 to 17, did not look good at all. The Jaguars won their last game, a 20 to 10 beatdown on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Now, you know I love your team. I always speak well and highly of your team. But Dougie P got something going on down there in Jacksonville, uh, Duval County or whatever they like to call it. This is a tough one for me. I, I'm not exactly sure uh, which way I want to go here. Give me a little help with uh, what? what's the bias again? It's not big. It's 4.8. Okay, so, so tell me this. Where are uh, – that's not really going to help me. Uh, Let me just give you a couple stats real quick. The okay, Jaguars go ahead. Help me out. In, yeah. in net points. They're, they're some food for thought. Six. The 10th in scoring, 24.1 points. They're 8th in defense, only allowing 19.5 points per game. And 7th in differential. Mm. So, um, you know, they, they, they've been playing strong. Now, my Niners are second in net points. But, again – we're at plus 9.8. We were fourth in scoring, averaging 27.3 points per game and fourth uh, now in uh, defense, allowing 17.5. We were at 15 a couple of weeks ago, so these losses are, are pushing us down a little bit. But, you know, 9.8 average net points versus 4.6 average net points. So we still look good. The question is... Do we have our mojo back? Well, here's here's the funny thing. So I got a good number of fantasy teams with a good number of Niners and Jaguars on them. So I suffered this past week with both of them being on the bye. I won a couple games without them, and I lost some games that I'm pretty sure I would have won if I had them. So now everybody's back. So all I can hope and pray for is a high-scoring game where everybody that's on my fantasy team does well, and then I won't care who the heck wins the game. As long as McCaffrey, Purdy, Ayuk, Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, ETN, as long as they all play well, which means in order for them to all play well, it has to be a high-scoring game. I'll be happy. But at this point right now, needing to pick a winner, I'm going to go with the Niners. I probably shouldn't. Niners. In fact, oh, wait. That's a 1 o'clock game, ain't it? Uh, I do believe. I'm taking the Jaguars. He switched in midstream. <laughs> One o'clock game in Jacksonville. Yep. So you let the, the you let the travel thing, the one o'clock thing, on yes. the east, west coast to east coast. Yes. Okay. All right. You let that swing you. All right. Going against the bias. Yes. With the Jaguars. Okay, next up, Benny, we have the Falcons at the Cardinals. Bias plus of 4.6 favors the Falcons. The Falcons, Benny. 
And again, this is one of those situations where both teams are in the negative in terms of net points. However, the Cardinals are just more negative than the Falcons. Uh, mm. Neither one of these teams um, are in the top half of anything. Uh, so, you know, it just came down to who's less negative, and that would be the Falcons. Little less negative, differential 4.6 favoring those Falcons. Who you got? Okay, so Desmond Ritter is still out. So the Falcons are led by quarterback Taylor Heineke, a guy that I like, a guy that I thought commanders should have held on to. No disrespect to Sam Howell, who's playing really well. I just happen to like Taylor Heineke. He played well, but they came up short against the Vikings 31 to 28. And that was at home in front of their home crowd. So, you know, I'm sure that didn't sit well with the crowd, but they did play well. They leaned very heavily on their run game, which the Falcons usually do. And kicker Young Way Koo helped keep them in the game also with four field goals. But when you're in a back-and-forth game and you're trying to get yourself in position to maybe pull off a win at the end, it's tough to do when you got four field goals to keep you in it. That means you're not finishing off drives. That's not good for the Falcons' offense. Now, the Cardinals had to start a rookie, quarterback Clayton Toon. Uh, they had to start him against Cleveland because they traded away Joshua Dobbs and they needed one more week for Kyler Murray to get, uh, to get ready to play. The Cleveland defense was far, far more than the rookie quarterback could handle. Offensively, they only got 99 total yards. 99 total yards, that's running and passing total. And the defense basically was useless. They might as well not even been out there. So I don't see the Cardinals being able to do any damage here. I think the Falcons' run game will be enough to carry them over the Cardinals, even though the Falcons will be on the road. I'm going to take Atlanta. Okay. Going with the bias. The bias going with the Falcons. Lions at Chargers, another potential intriguing game for me, Benny. Um, you've got the uh, net point ranking of 10 for the Lions and 11 for the Chargers. There's one mm -hmm. measly net point separating the two at 4.4 for the Lions and 3.4 for the Chargers. Lions are ranked ninth on offense and 14th on defense. Chargers are ranked eighth on offense and 21st on defense. However, mm -hmm. that uh, adds up to about three point differential there between the two. So there you eighth go. Eighth on offense, huh? I'm sorry, say that again. I said eighth on offense, huh? Yeah. That's pretty good. It's actually, it's better than I thought it was, but I'm not shocked because I expect the Chargers offense to kind of be up there close to the top 10. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, the Lions will be the visiting team. They're going to have to go into L.A. to play. Uh, they are coming off the bye. The Chargers rolled into New York last week, took care of the Jets on Monday night football. 
Austin Eckler had a nice game, scored two touchdowns on the ground. And Darius Davis scored on an 87-yard punt return. Also, the defense played really well. They sacked Wilson. Oh, we're going to change Zach Wilson's name to Sack Wilson. <laughs> Holy mackerel. They sacked him eight times. And they recovered three fumbles. Good, And he probably fumbled at least two of them, two of those three. So, uh, yeah, Chargers playing pretty well um, offensively, but the defense can't be trusted. Uh, obviously, the Lions, I mean, the Jets couldn't do much with them, but I'm sure the Lions will have plenty for them. So I'm going to take the Lions to win that game. Ah, going against the bias. Yes. Going with the Lions. Hmm. Well, you know something? I think these are two teams that that had one team um, just coming off of a win, but there's a lot of questions about the Chargers. And after the Lions got blown away by, by the Ravens, they all of a sudden looked, you know, like a team that had potential defects, you know. So they, they were they were beatable for sure. And a lot of people went from having them as the best team in the NFC to, uh, so I think this is really going to be for both teams a chance to kind of, you know, show themselves as, you know, their competitive uh, uh, capabilities, I guess I'll say, you know, who's really, you know, the pretender versus contender type scenario. But I think whoever wins this game is going to kind of be considered a contender for sure. What do you think? Uh... Well, I believe the Lions are looked at as a contender already. Uh, the Chargers still have a lot to prove. Um, but, yeah, if the Chargers were able to win that game, then absolutely. All right. I would, I would say they're in the playoff picture, but I don't see it happening. You're going with the Lions going against the bias. Correct. All right. All right. Uh-oh. Giants. At Cowboys, biggest bias of the weekend, bias plus of 25.9 favors the Cowboys. I won't say a whole, whole bunch about this, Benny. Yeah, there's not a whole, whole bunch to say. Yeah, I'll let you go ahead and handle yeah. it. As far as the Giants are concerned, there's nothing much to see here. They went to Vegas and they served themselves up as a get-right game for the Vegas Raiders, who were reeling at the moment, fired their head coach, made Antonio Pierce their interim head coach, and Antonio Pierce just so happens to have a Super Bowl ring from playing linebacker for the Giants. So I'm sure that uh, uh, pregame speech was pretty interesting. Uh, he already gave one speech that ended up uh, well, I should say it ended up getting uh, McDaniels fired, but it didn't help him. <laughs> anyway, um, so much for the Giants. Now, in a very important division game versus the Eagles, the Cowboys got most of their offense from their quarterback. Again, we live in Philadelphia. Sometimes talking to and listening to Philadelphia Eagle fans can be a chore. I happened to be out with some friends last night and one of them, well, all of them are Eagles fans except for me and one other guy who happened to be a Tennessee Titans fan. As soon as we walk in 
and said, hey, man, how you doing? To shake hands. The guy starts talking about how bad the Giants are. Dude, you're an Eagles fan. Talk about how good your team is. Matter of fact, you don't have to say anything. I'll tell you how good your team is, okay? But for some reason, some Eagles fans just feel like they have to talk negatively about certain players and certain teams to make themselves feel better. Dak Prescott is one of those guys. But you can't say too much bad about Dak Prescott in this game. He basically carried the Cowboys into it and through a game that they had several opportunities to win. Unfortunately, they didn't pull it off. He may have been part of them not pulling it off with that uh, play where it looked like he was running for a touchdown. He stepped out of bounds. But other than that, he played really well. Um, they actually were only able to put up 73 total yards on the ground. So they needed Dak to work through the air. They didn't score any running touchdowns either. So Dak had to get most of the work done, and he did. He tortured the Eagles secondary for 374 yards and three touchdowns. They conveniently forget about those numbers. But I guess if you don't win the game, none of that matters when you're Eagles fans. But be, because we're doing an analysis here, it has to be talked about. 374, three touchdowns, and even though Philadelphia made several mistakes that could have helped Dallas pull out a last-second win, Dallas also had a few miscues, uh, delay a game, uh, a motion, uh, and some other mess that took them out of perfect position to pull off the win and they ended up losing the game 28-23. to 23. Now, that being said, this one's pretty easy. Cowboys are at home. Giants have really nothing going for them whatsoever. I mean, Saquon's actually playing pretty well. The problem is, after the early going and the Giants fall behind, it doesn't make sense to continue to run Saquon. So that's going to hurt his numbers too. But he's actually been playing pretty well early on in games. Uh, this one's pretty easy. Take the Cowboys to win. All right. You don't have to beat yourself up too much on that one. Yeah. Let's go to the Commanders at the Seahawks. Hmm. Hmm. Bias plus of 7.1 favors the Seahawks. Seahawks could be looking at this as a get-right game. <laughs> so could the Commanders. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, get-right. I don't know. This might be a trap game for the Seahawks after they beat me took last week. Um, Sam Howell threw an interception, and Brian Robinson, the running back, lost the fumble. But Sam Howell also threw a touchdown pass, and Brian Robinson also ran for a touchdown. It was a back-and-forth battle with the New England Patriots, but Howell had his way with the Patriots' secondary. 29 of 45, 325, and the defense held on at the end, pulled out the 20-17 to 17 win. Patriots had some chances, could not get close enough to kick a field goal. Defense got the job done at the end. Commanders win 2017. Now, Seattle took a Bad one to the chin in Baltimore, 37-3. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. Geno Smith got sacked four times. 
He threw an interception. He lost the fumble. And the run game got completely shut down. Kenneth Walker, that's probably why I lost a couple fantasy games that I normally would have won. Kenneth Walker did absolutely nothing. Nothing. The Baltimore defense was that good. Oh, Sam Howe. Mr. Walker down. That's, you know, that's something. I mean, he's that's like, something, like, right? Because he's an angry runner, as we yeah, know. Yeah. You uh, know? But but that Ravens defense is there's a bunch of hitters out there, man. Now, Sam Howe scares me in this one. And he should be scaring the Seahawks also. But I believe that the Seahawks will bounce back from that ugly loss. And they will win this game at home with the 12th man cheering them on. It's not going to be easy, though. It's not going to be easy, though, because Sam Howe is a far better quarterback than people give him credit for. We'll see what happens. I'm going to take the Seahawks, though. Going with the bias, going with the Seahawks, and that is the last of the 4 o'clock group of games on Sunday, Benny. Mm -hmm. It leads us up to the Sunday night game. Jets at Raiders. And the Jets are ranked 23rd. They're minus three in net points, but the Raiders are 25th. They're minus 4.1. So... Just based on that and the fact that the Jets had a slightly better turnover differential, they're favored by a bias plus score of 3.9. Sack Wilson, is that what you started calling him? Sack Wilson. Watching the Jets' offense is pretty painful. <laughs> it really, really is. And people keep saying, oh, they got a Super Bowl-worthy defense. It's so difficult. It's so difficult when you're off. Well, they are ranked ninth now. They're ranked ninth. Okay, so they're keeping the score down. It's not turning into wins, though, because they can't find the end zone. Man, giving up 19 and a half points per game. Problem is they're only scoring 16. Exactly. <laughs> That's game. my point. So the Chargers defense put in a lot of work in this game against the Jets. Uh, like I said, eight sacks. They had eight quarterback hits. They defensed seven passes. They never really gave uh, the, the Jets offense a chance to breathe. Um, so, yeah, the Jets looked pretty bad in that game. The Raiders, however, welcomed my Giants into Allegiant Stadium and got a much-needed win for their interim head coach, Antonio, uh, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Pierce, uh, who I mentioned used to be a New York Giant, when he was a player. Uh, rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell played well. He protected the ball, no turnovers. The run game was rolling. Jacobs and the boys did a great job. They produced three touchdowns on the ground, and Daniel Carlson kicked three field goals. That put up all the points for the Raiders. Jets going into Allegiant Stadium will suffer the same fate as the Giants. Take the Raiders to win that game. Okay. All right. Going with the Raiders. I've seen those words very often through this season. Take the Raiders to win, but I'm saying it in this one. 
Going against the bias again, eh? Yes, sir. Ah. All right. Well, that's Sunday night, Benny, which leaves us with Monday night football. Broncos at Bills. The Bills. And let me say something real quick before I go too far, Benny, because I think I might have skipped this. Let me just make sure. Oh, yes. When we talked about the Indianapolis Colts game. Yes. That is in Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, okay. Okay, that's the Colts and the Patriots. And I do wonder if I'm going to actually try to even get up watch that kid. What? I don't know. If, When's it start? Like nine o'clock? Uh, yeah, at nine thirty. Well, what time do you get up? My God! It depends on what time I go to bed. <laughs> oh my God! Man. Are you kidding me? In any event, Monday Night Football, Broncos at Bills by a plus score of 15.7 favors. Take a guess. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills. The Bills. Okay. So, Bills are at home. That means Broncos are traveling. That's bad for the Broncos. They are coming off the buyout. So, everybody loves Josh Allen. Let's let's face it. The guy's a stud ball player. But I think right now the Bills are kind of leaning on him a little bit too much. It's basically he's doing everything. He was 26 of 38, 258, and a touchdown that he threw to Stefan Diggs. He also was the team's leading rusher in this game, which if he's not almost every game close to being uh, the leading rusher. He ran for 44 yards on eight carries, and he scored another touchdown on the ground. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow in the Bengals' offense was clearly better than Josh Allen and the little bit of help he got from his offense. Hence, Bills lose 24-18. However, I don't think the Broncos can beat them. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. I'm going to take the bills. I that's I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, you'd be picking one of the big upsets of the year there if the Broncos come in here and beat the Bills. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. see it. The Bills are another one of those teams that we were talking about, like the Chargers and the Lions. It's still a question mark as to whether they're real contenders or not. You know, do they beat the good teams and they only beat the bad teams and all of that kind of good stuff. So I'm uh, with you there going with just the Just to be fair now, just to be fair, the last game the Broncos played before the bye was week eight. They did beat the Chiefs. Yeah, you're right about that. They were at home. They put up 24 points on the Chiefs defense, which is a pretty good defense. Yeah. So – you know, we'll see. But I got to pick somebody. I'm going to take the Bills at home. All right. I'm going to take the Bills at home. Yeah. All right, Benny. Well, that wraps up the week 10. 10, Benny. 18 weeks in the season. We're now in 
10, going to 10 as of tomorrow. So that's pretty big. All right. Well, look, that wraps it up for me, Benny. I don't have much more. Uh, no, I think I'm good. Uh, I had something, but I can't remember what the heck it was. Oh, right. I wrote myself a nude here so I wouldn't forget. Uh, let me just... Right. Remember way back in the beginning of the season, right after the draft, we talked about what used to be called the Wonderlick test, which is now right. called the S2 cognition test. Is that what it's called now? It's called the S2 cognition test. And some of the scores got leaked and everybody was up in arms about C.J. Stroud. Oh, yeah, I remember that. His score was 18. Bryce Young had a 98. <laughs> Will Levis had a 96. Even Anthony Richardson had a 79. C.J. had an 18. So now you like me now. Does that does that say anything about your ability to play quarterback? None. <laughs> and when it leaked and they asked him about it, that's exactly what he said. He said, I'm not a test taker. I'm a ball player. Bang. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Ben and Barry on football again. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to click the uh, like button. Don't forget to hit the notification bell. And don't forget that we can be found at www.benandbarryonfootball.com. And you can find all the underlying numbers for the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus reports at www.sterlingnppr.com. Peace out, Benny. Sixers beat the Celtics. <laughs>